Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 184, The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity, part five. So we are moving through this incredible series. Today, we're going to be covering chapters 13 and 14. I'm actually leaving chapter 15 for you to explore on your own. But these chapters are called The Prosperity Law of Self-Confidence and Your Genius Powers for Prosperity, which is all about you developing your intuition and creative imagination. Now, these are two of my favorite chapters and maybe a little bit obvious that people who are confident attract more prosperity, but we're going to dive more into that. But I really love the chapter on intuition and how you can really tap into your intuition and use it as a superpower to help get the clarity that you're craving and help ultimately lead you down a path of more prosperity. Is super easy to put this in place. And she actually gives us, the author, Catherine Ponder, she gives us five simple steps for developing and utilizing our intuition to create that clarity and that prosperity. So once again, if you haven't gotten this book yet, it's called The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity by Catherine Ponder. Definitely pick it up and let's go ahead and dive into part five. Are you looking to transform your relationship with money? Are you looking to make more money? Are you looking to increase your sales or maybe support your team in making more sales? If so, keep listening. We have our I Heart Money course available just for you. This is my signature course that helps you uncover all the things that are stopping you from creating more wealth. We go through eight modules together. You get a workbook plus video trainings, as well as access to over 20 hours of group coaching calls that I recorded with real life women who want to make more money. You're going to get so much from this program, and I want to give you an opportunity to get it at 15% off. So if you go to iheartmylife.com and go to our courses page, you're going to see iHeartMoney on there. If you use the promo code podcast, you're going to save that 15%. We'll also link it in the show notes. I want to make sure that you are able to create as much wealth as you desire, because that's the only way that you're going to be able to impact the world and step fully into your purpose and have all of the opportunities that you desire. You deserve to live a life of abundance. You deserve to be fully satisfied. You deserve to be fulfilled. And that's what I Heart Money is all about. So again, it's perfect for you if you are a new entrepreneur. It's perfect for you if you are a seasoned entrepreneur looking to go to the next level. It's perfect for you if you're in a career and you want to have a raise. It's perfect for you if you want to support your team and going to the next level. Maybe you have a sales team and you want to help them hit their next level money goals. It's also perfect for you if you want to learn all about money mindset and teach it to your clients. So again, go to iheartmylife.com, go to the courses page and check out iHeartMoney and use the promo code podcast to save 15%. Chapter 13 is entitled The Prosperity Law of Self-Confidence. I'm sure that it's not going to be a surprise to anyone listening that confidence helps you become more successful. When you believe in yourself, others believe in you as well. So she actually talks about the fact that psychologists state that there's tremendous power in self-confidence, which doubles your powers and multiplies your abilities. She also mentions that we are actually all born confident. She says, the truth that we are born with confidence can be viewed by the actions and reactions of most children before they became filled with fears, phobias, and inhibitions of thought. Children have the delightful habit of confidently saying and doing whatever they feel led to say and do. Then she goes on to say, why shouldn't you have great faith and confidence in your deep convictions? After all, the scientists declare that you are filled with innate intelligence. We've talked a bit about intuition, following your heart, 
following your desires. That is your innate intelligence. Then she says, upon close study, you will observe that those who advance really believe in themselves and in their ability to succeed. No one pays much attention to the person who lacks confidence. He doesn't attract others or convince them of his worth because his mind is a negative force that repels rather than attracts. Then she has this phrase that she recommends that you say to yourself if you're feeling a lack of confidence. She says, nothing succeeds like success. I now go from success to greater success with God's rich help. I give thanks that my success, powerful and irresistibility appears now. So I want you to really think about the times in which you don't feel confident and what you could say to yourself to really lift your spirit, spirits and generate that confidence. She goes on to say, one positive statement of good is more powerful than a thousand negative thoughts. And two positive th- statements of good are more powerful than 10,000 negative thoughts. So before you go on thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be successful because I have negative thoughts or because I'm not confident. Remember that you can start to shift that because you were born a confident person, so you can get that back. And also, these good thoughts that you're going to start start um, supplementing and reminding yourself of, that's going to help transform the negative thoughts. And those are more powerful than your negative thoughts. Then she goes on to have a section about building confidence, the confident thoughts before sleeping. She says, psychologists believe that your last waking thoughts are the ones on which your subconscious mind feeds and acts upon while you sleep. If you fill your mind with happy, expectant thoughts of success, prosperity, and good results, your subconscious will take them as orders from you. During your sleep, your subconscious will obediently go to work to produce a prosperous tomorrow for you. Thus, you can gain control of each day the night before by getting into the thought and mood of how you want tomorrow to be for you. Now she's going to talk about affirmations to help you develop your confidence. She says, speak forth affirmations verbally at least five minutes a day somewhere in privacy. At other times during the day, look at affirmations that you may have written out on cards or in a book. Get them out and look at them when fear or uncertainty seem to grip you. At least once a day, write out 15 times or more a favorite affirmation on success, confidence, or perfect results. By writing out words of confidence, you help implant the idea more firmly in your subconscious mind, which then works harder and faster to produce happy results. Affirmations are your strongest confidence builders. Then she says, I have unshakable faith. This is a phrase that you can say. I have unshakable faith faith in the perfect outcome of every situation in my life. For God is in absolute control. Then she says, often people will try to discourage you. This is the time to hold on to what you sincerely believe is right. You've already laid the inner foundation through affirming success and perfect results. You must now prove to yourself and others that you have what it takes to follow through on your convictions. As you do, the tide must surely turn and your confidence is multiplied, while confidence of others in you is often tripled. It is at that point that you can truly affirm nothing succeeds like success. And I want to really point something out here. So this is really important that you actually sell to yourself before you sell to others. So maybe that means actual sales conversations where you have to sell to yourself on a regular basis that what you've created or what you sell is really powerful and it creates beautiful results for your clients or that you are worthy of the raise, whatever it is. 
You need to sell to yourself first before you're going to convince others of what it is that you want them to see in you. So it's the same thing, you know, with confidence. We need to feel confident about ourselves for others to experience that. If someone is feeling a lack of confidence, and, and we often see this with um, wives and husbands. So sometimes people will come into our programs and they tell us, you know, my husband or my spouse, my partner doesn't actually believe in me. And so my first question is, well, do you believe in you? Because oftentimes people are feeding off of the lack of confidence that we're experiencing for ourselves. And, you know, a lot of the time our our partners just want to protect us or show us love and, you know, keep us from harm, just like a parent would to a child. But we have to display that we are confident in what we're doing. Otherwise, they're going to be nervous. They're going to show fear. They're going to show a lack of confidence because they're feeding off of you. Then she says, develop your confidence through imaging. She says, um, "Good." there's a few phrases that she recommends that you repeat to yourself, so I'm going to share them today. And just as a reminder, some of these are more religious and kind of Christian-based. You can replace the word God with universe or anything that feels aligned for you. So one of the phrases is literally just repeating to yourself, good things begin to happen now. Good things begin to happen now. Good things begin to happen now. Even just saying that out loud, my energy shifts. So give it a try. The next one she says is, this is a time of divine fulfillment. Miracles now follow miracles and God's blessings never cease. By filling your mind with, then she goes on to say, by filling your mind with mental images, your mind then is given the confidence to make those mental images into visible results. Truly, the image makes the condition if you will make the mental image. If you do not consciously have confidence that your desires can come true, place a picture of the desired result where you can daily view it. Your subconscious mind will make it so and your convictions will come to pass. Another simple way to develop self-confidence is to ask directly of a loving father for guidance about anything that concerns you, okay? So really think about the phrases that are going to help you. Maybe it's good things begin to happen now. Maybe it's one of the other ones that we've mentioned previously. Nothing succeeds like success. I now go from success to greater success with God's rich help. I give thanks that my success power is powerful and irresistible and appears now, right? There's many different things that you could say here. Then she also reminds us that we need to associate with self-confident people, Another delightful way to develop your self-confidence is to link yourself with self-confident people. We all know that confident people are attractive. Now, we're not talking about someone who brags, but at the same time, if you're someone who's on the spectrum, kind of low on the spectrum when it comes to self-confidence, I actually encourage you to brag, share your wins, share your successes. Every single week in our programs at I Heart My Life, we have Success Friday for a reason. Because what I realized when I first started this company is that so many women have an issue with declaring what it is that they want, number one. And number two, they have an issue celebrating and sharing their successes because they've been told that it means they're boastful. It means they're bragging. It means they're full of themselves. I remember hearing Oprah actually say she spent so many years tearing herself down that it's actually one of her goals to be more full of herself (laughs) and to love herself more, right? It's the same thing, okay? Now, we're not bragging from a place of, oh, look at me, I'm better than everyone else. That's completely different. We are sharing our results, not only for ourselves, but also because it helps other people and it inspires other people to see what's possible. 
There's another section here called Develop Deeper Powers for Self-Confidence. She says, scientists have described intuition and creative imagination as your genius powers. And so they are, when rightly understood and developed, as will be discussed in the next chapter. Scientists also declare that you have five special powers or super senses that can be developed for prosperity and success. When you understand these special powers and begin to stir them up, they will add immensely to your self-confidence and success power. These five special powers will be described in chapter 15. They are telepathy, clairvoyance, extrasensory perception, precognition, and psychokinesis. Now, I'm not going to go into all of those from chapter 15. I feel that that chapter is actually one that you should read for yourself. So once again, if you have not gotten this book, it's The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity. I want you to get it, and you can read chapter 15. Obviously, there's a lot of um, kind of stereotypes when it comes to telepathy, clairvoyance, all of those sort of things. And I want you to read the entire chapter so that you get the complete picture of what she's talking about. All right, let's continue on in this chapter. She says, call forth the good in others. Begin appreciating, praising, and calling forth the good in others. Speak confidently to others of their good points. Dare to praise them. Speak words of kindness, uplift, and success to them. I know of one businesswoman whose previous failure turned into success after his wife gained new confidence in his business abilities and let him know it daily. I recently heard of a commercial photographer who stated that his great success in photographing prominent models in the fashion world came as a result of him expressing to those models before he began taking the pictures, his confidence in their ability to photograph well. He said that just by assuring them of his confidence in them, they became radiant before the camera and he could do twice the work in half the time. Few retakes were necessary. So I really love this because so many of us work with clients. And of course, as a coach, I'm used to pointing out some of maybe the shortcomings or, you know, ways in which my clients can grow. But if I think about really nurturing the clients, pointing out all the things that they're doing well, all of the ways in which I believe in them. And the same thing goes with my team. When I encourage my team, when I support my team, they're much more motivated to go to the next level, to be more thorough, to, you know, go above and beyond for the company. And and again, it goes back to you praising people and treating people the way that you want to be treated and spoken to, right? When somebody believes in you, it makes a world of difference. So you can practice this in many ways. If you're a parent, you could practice this with your kids. She even talks about one example of going to one of her clients' homes. And this woman had a lot of different children, a lot of children, and They were all well-behaved. They were all happy. It was a beautiful family life. And so the author was basically asking, you know, how did you raise such incredibly well-mannered, kind, um, you know, wonderful children? And the woman gave all of the credit to her husband. And the author was like, how in the world could your husband have had such an impact? He works until like 8 p.m. every day. He's barely home. He barely sees the kids. But one of the things that the wife always did was tell her husband, you know, you're an incredible father. And she really praised him. And so he felt like he was an incredible father. And that was reflected in, you know, the relationship he had with the kids. And of course, the mother had a lot to do with it. But The author actually jokes about how that same wife also praised her husband for building the most beautiful bonfire in the backyard. So we're not saying lie and give false compliments, but 
really think about the things that you can point out in people or that you can, um, you know, show gratitude for in your friends and your clients and your team and how that's going to have a great impact on the way that they show up and the results that you experience in your relationships, in your life, in your business, and, you know, within your programs or whatever it is that you're selling. Then she says, don't wait until after a person has succeeded to say in a back slapping way, John, how proud I am of you. But then I knew you could do it all the time. Express words of praise and confidence in his success before he has succeeded. It's better to overdo it if such thing is possible than to let an opportunity to praise another pass by. That's so important, right? Then she says, call forth confidence silently. Along with deliberate words of praise, kindness, consideration, and appreciation of another, it is good to silently silently declare to him and for him, and here's an example, let's just say James, James, I have confidence in your God-given guidance and abilities. I see you now going from success to greater success with God's rich help. Your success is big, powerful, and irresistible, it appears now. Now, just pause for a second. If you were to say that to your spouse, to your team member, to your clients, don't you think that that would give them so much confidence to know that you believe in them that much that you're saying your success is big, powerful, and irresistible? It appears now. That's so powerful. The author says, this does not mean you are trying to gain hypnotic control of another's mind. I'm glad she's letting us know that. You are simply giving him the benefit of your high thoughts of success. To gain control of another's mind is never the object of a prosperous thinker. Hypnosis has its place in medical and scientific research, but it is not for general use, right? Then she says, affirmations for yourself do not hypnotize you. Instead, they dehypnotize you from thoughts of failure, which you have been habitually accepting before you realize the power of thought. I thought that was such an incredible point to make here. We're not looking to hypnotize ourselves. In fact, we're looking to do the complete opposite because we've been hypnotized to think in a certain way that is harming us decade after decade. So, so powerful. All right, so that's chapter 13. Let's move on to chapter 14 here. That one is entitled Your Genius Powers for Prosperity, which I love. She says, all people possess the deeper mind qualities of intuition and creative imagination. She says, people who the world considers to be of genius caliber are those who have had the courage and confidence to listen to their intuition and creative imagination and who follow its guidance. As they follow their inner leadings, the results are usually so wonderful that others believe that they have unusual gifts, but they do not really possess unusual powers. They are instead actively using their intuition and creative imagination rather than stifling those mind powers as most of us are inclined to do. I discovered that when I followed my hunches faithfully, I was inevitably led in the right to the the right result. So one of the things that I want to point out here is this is something that I definitely had to learn and practice. So when I first, um, well, let me back up a little bit. When I was about to go to grad school to become a counseling psychologist, I'd applied to 12 schools around the United States. I went around, visited all of them, had to kind of feel into the vibe on the campuses, figure out where I wanted to attend. Ultimately, I decided on Northwestern in Chicago. I was literally driving there. My mom was in the, the driver's seat and I was the passenger and we were going to find me an apartment in the city in July 2008. And I had this feeling in my gut that that was not the right decision for me. 
So we actually turned the car around and went back to Ohio. Now, that was completely intuition. There was nothing logical about that decision. I had spent four years getting a psychology degree. I'd spent months applying to schools, thousands of dollars, you know, spent time flying from place to place, ultimately decided on this program. I had actively participated in every area of my life, right? But I got to this place and realized something's off. And so went into a quarter life crisis, had no idea what I wanted to do, was completely lost, worked at Starbucks, ultimately followed my intuition again and moved to London, England, where I met my husband online. Again, there is nothing logical about everything I've just described. It was all based on gut instincts. Now, this is something where I had to really, you know, develop the strength to trust my gut. A lot of times we're taught to be realistic. We're taught to be rational. So you have to ask yourself, is that the case for you? Have you been denying your gut instincts and ultimately, you know, paying the price for that. Maybe that's led to you being unhappy in a career that you don't like. Maybe it's led to some pain in relationships. Because for most of us, of course, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. But for most of us, we can look back and sh- there were warning signs. There were things that had popped up that maybe we ignored. Maybe you're working with a client right now who's not in alignment. And you can recall on the sales conversation, there were some red flags, but you ignored those that intuition. So my recommendation for you, if you haven't been practicing this, is to really start to identify those moments where your intuition is, you know, they're throwing up that red flag, telling you to either stop or go in a different direction. And you can do this by just practicing small things. So maybe you want to test it with what you want to eat for dinner tonight. Just check in with yourself and just say, okay, what's coming through? What do I want to eat for dinner? Where do I want to go for dinner? maybe with something a little bit bigger. Okay, what is the next step for me with this client? Is it a yes? Is it a no? And then trust that your intuition is spot on. Don't deny what it is that you're feeling. She says here, you will find on looking over the people in your midst who have been baptized with originality that they have let the whole world's thinking alone. And so creative new knowledge has been free to express through them. The world needs this kind of original thought in this exciting progressive era in which we now live. Now, this was written in like, I forget if it's the 60s or the 70s, but she'd be blown away by the era that we now live in and all the creativity that has blossomed from people who have been baptized with originality, as she calls it, okay? She says, you are equipped with genius powers. You are born with powers of the mind that are little recognized and little used, Because our attention is regularly turned to the outer world of activities, we do not hear or heed the guidance of intuition. A businessman recently said that if we could make a record of our intuitive promptings, we would be astonished at how many times they would have revealed the right path if we had followed through on those promptings. We have all heard the term women's intuition, often used somewhat humorously, The general belief is that intuition is perhaps a peculiar but trivial quirk in women, but hardly dependable enough for men. We are now learning, however, that everyone has intuition, both men and women. If women have seemed to have developed their intuitive nature more noticeably than men, perhaps it is because man's attention has been turned more towards the world of business and similar external demands. Such interests can be distracting when we are developing our mental powers. Woman's place is traditionally in the home, usually a quieter atmosphere, more conducive for responding to inner promptings of her intuitive nature. 
Now, there's a lot that's changed since that sentence was written. Of course, we now know that a woman's place is not traditionally in the home, at least in the Western world. There are lots of different ways in which women are living their lives. But at the same time, I can see what she's saying. And I can see this as someone who is a business owner whose attention, as she describes, has been more toward towards the world of business and similar external demands. That's me, right? Um, I can see what she's talking about here and the fact that sometimes the logical mind tries to take over and so you don't hear your intuition or you push it aside and you say, oh, no, that's not how it's done. That's not how everyone else is doing it. I need to do it in a certain way or, you know, no, that's not realistic. I, I w- want to make sure that the business is stable. So let's do it in a different way. Or maybe you listen to your team or you listen to your coach and you ignore your intuition, right? So we need to actually get quiet to be able to hear our intuition. And I really think it comes down to you practicing listening to your intuition because it's all about trust. If you trust yourself, even if your intuition is telling you something that sounds crazy, if you've practiced and you've seen like the fruits and the results of trusting your intuition, just like I have, then you don't doubt it. It's like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Okay, that's a little bit odd, but let's move forward. So in the next section, she says, you should develop your intuition. The dictionary defines intuition as the immediate knowing or learning of something without the conscious use of reasoning, instantaneous apprehension. Okay, let's look at that again. So the dictionary defines intuition as the immediate knowing or learning of something without the conscious use of reasoning, instantaneous apprehension. That last piece is what gets me. Instantaneous apprehension. That's also part of this definition. So think about it. When you have an intuitive hit or something that is guiding you that feels a bit weird, there's going to be instantaneous apprehension. Like, uh, why in the world am I being told to go back to Ohio? I've already signed this contract. I've already decided I'm going to this school. I have apprehension over that. So it's not actually meant to feel good. That's what we're getting at here. Okay, so your intuition is probably going to be leading you in a different direction. Now, I want you to really understand that practicing this is so important because we have to be able to identify when it's truly intuition and when it's actually fear trying to keep us stuck. All right. So this is something you're going to have to practice. One of the ways in which I can identify is if it's expansive right? And if I know it's going to serve the vision for me to move forward with something, if it feels a little bit weird, but I still know it's going to help with growth of the company, growth of me, it's going to help me be happier. It's going to help, you know, the overall mission, but it feels weird. Well, that's probably intuition. If it's like me saying, oh no, you know what? I'm too scared to get on camera or my intuition's telling me that um, I shouldn't get on this sales call. You know, decide, is there actually some proof here? Is there something that's coming up for you that says, you know what, in this person's form, I really don't think that they're the right fit. I have, you know, my intuition is saying that they're not going to be the right type of client. Okay, well, you might want to check that out first, right? Or you might want to check in and say, is this actually true? Or I'm just, am I just nervous about getting on a call? Am I just nervous about being vulnerable? Am I just nervous about having a sales conversation? So it's really about awareness and being able to recognize the difference between that fear that's holding you back and intuition that truly is saying like, this is not right. There's something off here. And so it's a no for me. She says, these flashes have been described as hunches, inspirations, or promptings of the still small voice within. So if you're questioning whether this is fear or intuition, right, get still 
and check in with yourself. She says, in this age of general conformity, it is time to realize that true accomplishment comes from daring to be different through expressing your distinct individuality. This does not mean you should strive to be a beatnik. I have no idea what a beatnik is. I should probably look that up. We'll look that up later. As Charles Fillmore has written, however, if you are educated and molded after the ordinary pattern of the human family, you may live an average lifetime and never have an original thought. Like this is jaw dropping. If you are educated and molded after the ordinary pattern of the human family, right? Talking about ordinary thinking, common ways of thinking, you may live an average lifetime and never have an original thought. Like jaw drop, right? That means that everything that you're thinking on a regular basis was passed down from somebody else or given to you from somebody else. That's why it's so important that you do this work and that you transform your thinking. She says, intuition is not concerned with reason, for intuition is a faculty of the mind that does not explain. It simply points the way, leaving you free to take it or leave it, to heed or ignore its promptings. Men of genius have the self-confidence and faith in their inner promptings to follow them without reasoning them through. This is why they are considered men of genius. Ordinary people usually wait for proof And consequently, they flounder in the conflicts of intellectual questioning. So we've all been there, right? That place of limbo where you're literally back and forth. Should I do it? Should I not? You literally drive yourself crazy. So what she's saying here is that the genius people, they're following self-confidence and faith in their inner promptings. So they follow that without question. There's no reasoning involved. It's literally, I feel this. Okay, let's do it. There is intuition that comes to you in inner ways, and there is intuition that comes to you in outer ways, but it will come if you allow it to do so. She says there are yes and there are yes and no phases of intuition. Often the yes phase of intuition comes in such a quiet, gentle way that you are inclined to disregard its promptings, at least at first. It does not try to convince you of anything. Usually, though, if you disregard it, that same hunch will gently tap at your mind again and again until you do become aware of it. The no phase of intuition intuition is often more pronounced. For years, it seemed that the only time my intuition ever came alive was when it would emphatically say no to me through an inner feeling of restlessness, discomfort, or discontent. The no phase of intuition often seems louder and more emphatic. Okay. Intuition usually does not force its way, but it patiently waits for a relaxed mood through which it must worst it, it through which to work most effectively. A hunch can work through a busy mind, however, when there is a strong need. So let's break this down. So intuition normally doesn't force its way, but it patiently waits for a relaxed mood through which to work more most effectively. So think about this. When you are meditating, when you're on vacation, when you're in the shower, when you're straightening your hair, that often happens to me. You get these downloads. You get these hits. Okay, There's a reason why your brain is in a certain state that allows this to come forth. There's been scientific proof around this, tons of studies on this. If you want to listen to my episode with Dr. Greg Wells, this describes that exact state. However, what we're talking about here is intuition coming through because you've quieted the mind enough to allow you to feel it, to allow yourself to get this guidance. Now, if that's not enough, she gives us five simple steps for unfolding your intuition. 
Okay. And I'm going to end with, there's a little bit more, but this is wrapping this up for us. Okay. So the first step here is realize that intuition is a spiritual faculty of the mind, which does not explain or reason, but simply points the way to your greater good. She talked about how there was this secretary in particular who had the opportunity to have three different jobs. Ultimately, there was one that paid really well. There was another one that paid okay. And then there was one that didn't pay a lot. But she listened to her intuition and she knew that the one at the bottom was actually the one that she was being guided towards. This was a role that was within a new company. There was a lot of potential there. Although it might not have had all the bells and whistles right now, there was a lot of room to grow. So she chose that one. She followed her intuition. And within a few years, she did have the glitzy office. She did have a raise, actually much more money than the first opportunity would have given her. And obviously, she was glad that she followed her intuition. So sometimes it doesn't seem like the right choice or the ideal choice in the moment, but our intuition has so much knowledge that may not make sense, okay? Second step says, as you go about your daily life, whether your work is mental or physical, act as though you are in the presence of divine intelligence and divine intuition. Train yourself to realize that divine intuition is right with you. It is interested in you. It knows all about you and delights in guiding and helping you. As you take this attitude of mind about whatever you are doing or whatever concerns you, you will find new power at work for you and around you. Divine intuition is now showing me the way. Devout, this is a statement she wants you to say. Divine intuition is now showing me the way. Divine intuition is now working in me and through me and through all concerned, producing easily and quickly the perfect outcome, the perfect result. Third step, as you take these steps mentally, you will find that you do not have to struggle, even in your thinking, to make things right and better. Instead, you will discover that whatever you think about, give your attention to, or are interested in begins to reveal its secrets to you. The dictionary further describes intuition as the ability to look at, regard, or contemplate. More and more, you will discover that the thing you look at and contemplate desires to know you. Whatever you want wants you back. You will stop thinking of your desired good as a part or away or separate from you. You will stop thinking of your desired good as difficult to obtain. You will stop scheming and trying to maneuver and manipulate people or events. Instead, you will begin realizing that through the help of divine intuition, all things are already at hand, ready to come forth as ideas, plans, and methods of procedure, and in due time, happy results. That's really important. Through the help of divine intuition, all things are already at hand, ready to come forth as ideas, plans, and methods of procedure, and in due time, happy results. Fourth step. After beginning to do everything as though you were in the presence of divine intelligence and intuitive wisdom, which knows your needs, is interested, able, and happy to help you, you will find not only that your abilities are increasing more and more, but also that you are being instructed from within about many of the things you need to know. As you follow that hunch or prompting, you'll be happily amazed to find that divine intuition, intuition, which gave you the prompting, has already gone before you and prepared the way of its fulfillment to you. I love that. So your intuition is ahead of you. It's already preparing things for you. And then she says, you will discover that as you follow that intuitive prompting and faith without reasoning it through, your goodwill unfold to you almost faster than you can accept it. Desire is God tapping at the door of your mind, trying to give you a greater good. Mic drop. 
Desire is God tapping at the door of your mind, trying to give you a greater good. That you deeply desire something is proof that it has already been prepared for you and is only waiting for you to recognize and accept it. If you get nothing else from this entire series, please get this. I don't know how else to say it. This is the best way I've heard it expressed. Whatever you want wants you back. We talk about this all the time at I Heart My Life. Desire is literally dropped in, right? But I love how she describes it here. She says, ask for an indication or sign that you are going in the right direction. A powerful attitude of mind to establish at such times is this. If I ch- I choose this, if it is hurt for my highest good. If not, divine intuition, now send me the divine equivalent. I think that's really important because sometimes we do get a bit muddled. We wonder, like, is this really the 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 best, the you know, the best thing for us? Is this really the desired good? And I love how she says, if not, send me the divine equivalent. All right, fifth step, after having made your decrees upon divine intelligence in your midst, you must prepare for surprises. Your problems are not always solved in the way you had in mind, nor does your divine heritage of good always come about in the way you humanly expect. All right, so she's saying our human mind can only take us so far. If you are not conditioned for surprises at this point, you may miss your good. I love that. It makes me laugh. If you're not conditioned for surprises, you may miss your good. So keep your eyes open. Expect to be surprised. In fact, that's often how you know that there's something else working on your behalf because you couldn't have ever dreamed it or expected it. Results always follow decisions. Things begin to to happen that fall in line with your decisions. So this is huge. For those of you who find yourself in limbo land when it comes to making decisions, this is why there's a phrase in one of the most powerful books, um, Think and Grow Rich, successful people make decisions quickly, All right? There's a reason for this because results follow decision. Action fault action will help you get results in one way or another. You staying in limbo land gets no results. That's why it's so important when you do sales calls that you get people to either a yes or a no. No one wants to be stuck in the limbo. All right, so those are the five steps. Now I want to wrap up with a few final pieces here that are super important for you developing that intuition. She says, begin now to develop your intuition. If you act with perfect perfect faith on inner and outer, outer intuitive leadings that come, you will never be too late or too early and nothing will go wrong. If things appear to be going wrong after you begin following your strong leadings, do not get disturbed. Affirm that divine intuition is producing the perfect result, and then the good will appear. Sometimes things appear to be going wrong when in reality they are being rearranged for the right outcome. She says your genius genius power is creative imagination. Instead of worrying about how the next day's events will come out, or instead of brooding over some troublesome phase of it, simply bring into your conscious thoughts all that you know about the next day's events. Begin with your early morning morning activities and mentally arrange your whole day's activities as you would like to see them. Every time some distressing possibility wells up in your feelings, take control of it by affirming, I give thanks for the divinely satisfying fulfillment and the divinely satisfying results. Therefore, dismiss the matter from my mind. You have used your creative imagination to create the right outworking of every situation. Circumstances, situations, personalities, all involved will then gravitate towards the perfect outworking, the perfect prosperous fulfillment. This is such a powerful method for using the mind to bring about expanded good in family, business, social, or spiritual matters. You can also use your creative imagination to dissolve unhappy memories 
failures in business and harmony in relationships and other negative experiences from the past. Now, I don't know if you've seen the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet, but it talks about basically them having a procedure that removes painful memories from their mind. Now, what the author is talking about here is is obviously not completely removing those memories, but reworking them so they're no longer causing you harm. She says, declare to that reworked memory and all concerned in it, whether or not those involved are still on this earth plane, I bless you and bless you for the goodness of God that is at work in and through you. I claim for myself and for you that God's almighty good is all there is all there is in this experience. All else is now permanently dissolved. If apparent negative emotions and deep-seated feelings try and flare up, affirm to them, be thou dissolved now and forever. Now we ought to, we already talked about forgiveness and the importance of that. She says, through this method, you can free your mind from negative memories that have clogged and crowded your mind for ha- perhaps for years. You will therefore find that you will feel freer, more unburdened than ever before. Soon, rich, new, prosperous ideas will begin filling the space formerly, formerly occupied by negative memories. That's huge. So think about it. You can actually only think one thought at a time. So if your mind is muddled and consumed with negative thoughts from past experiences or even from present experiences, you cannot actually have a positive thought. So she's saying here that soon rich, new, prosperous ideas will begin filling the space formerly occupied by negative memories. Okay, so think about it. You have a resident in your mind. You're going to be releasing or evicting that tenant and replacing it with a new one that's more aligned. Your creative imagination can, in this way, uncover new good for you. She also talks about how getting other people to join you in this practice is very powerful. She says, even when peop- when when even two people begin thinking about an objective and a har- harmonious way, there is double mind power at work, so that increased energy and ideas are released upon the objective. So this is really cool if you're with a team or you have a partner, really think about, you know, what it is that you want to create. So what you're practicing, maybe, you know, paying attention to your intuition, forgiving those who have um, wronged you, releasing these harmful thoughts. Think about the thing that you desire to create. Maybe it's a financial goal. When you work with another person and really hold one another accountable, there's so much power in two minds focusing on a single goal. Finally, she wraps up this chapter with a reminder that silence is necessary. Both your intuition and creative imagination function well in times of silence and isolation, especially during periods of relaxation and rest. I find that my intuition and creative imagination often supply me with my best ideas and guidance just prior to retiring at night. People who constantly rush about and who never have quiet, peaceful periods of reflection often have to work very hard. If they listened more to their inner promptings, they would receive rich ideas, fresh ideas, intelligent ideas that would all make their lives easier and richer. So I'm going to leave it there. There's so much power in that statement. Like I said, chapter 15 is yours to read on your own. It's called Your Special Powers for Prosperity. It goes through five different powers that I already mentioned. But I want you to remember this and I want you to take a moment of silence really listen to your intuition. Maybe you want to ask a specific question, or maybe you just want to meditate and be in silence and see what comes through. Give yourself at least a few minutes to do that now. And I'll look forward to talking to you on the next episode. 
I hope you loved today's episode. It was super fun for me to record. Definitely take some action on some of the tips that I gave you in today's episode. You can also go to our courses page on iheartmylife.com and check out our iHeart Money course. This is perfect for you if you want to start transforming your money mindset to create more wealth. We also have our special money audio on that page, so you can check that out as well. Thank you so much for being a part of the show, and I look forward to talking to you next time. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us and we read all of them. And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.